I just want to take this second here to say thank you so much for choosing to worship with us today. Uh, and I, I find it a very big privilege that you guys choose to worship with us today. Here's the interesting thing is, as I look around, there's a million different ways that you can worship. You can worship through song, you can worship through prayer, you can worship through just reading your Bible. And if we were honest, there's a million different ways that you could go to church. If you wanted to, you could go online, you could you know, watch a live stream, you could do all these different things. But you guys have chose to be with us. And so I just want to say thank you uh, from our heart here at Mariah. So here's the question I want to ask you. Is on your path, who is Jesus? On your path, who is Jesus? And here's the reason I ask that as I, as I think back to a path home. If we took all of us in this room and we said, hey, today we're going to take a, a journey back to your childhood home where you get to, to relive some moments of your childhood, how would that be for you? Now, for some of us, it would be extreme joy. Some of us, it would bring back hurtful memories. And some of us, it would be a mixture of both. And so I remember, uh, it's been several years back, actually a little bit more than that because I was in high school, so it's been a couple of years, uh, that my grandma wanted to take a trip back to where she grew up. No, we're not going to, yeah, you can do that. See, I'm just off today. I'm off today. Oh, it's okay. I mean, junior church can be released. We, we, hey, Jared, just go ahead and come up here. Let's just start the songs over again, and then, I'll, then we'll start all over. Hope nobody has lunch plans. If you do, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just off today. That's okay. It's okay. So, anyway, so my grandma, she wanted to take this trip back to where she grew up, and so it was interesting for me, I knew a little bit about my grandma's history, but not a lot, and so we went over to Clinton, Indiana, where my grandma was born, and she started telling me stories about how she grew up. She told me a story about when she was little, she fell into a well out in her front yard, and her mom, who was uh, eight months pregnant at the time, had to jump down the well to save her from drowning. And so then she told me about how later on, about five or six years later, that her mom ended up passing away. And from there, her dad, now without a wife, kind of just started to go wild on his own. And so she moved in with her aunt and uncle, who also suffered life loss. And so then she got put into a Catholic orphanage. And then through the orphanage, she you know, told us stories about you know, just the treatment there, and then the process of being you know, uh, fostered out, and then finally being adopted. And as I looked at her eyes, I could notice something. There was definitely pain. But then there's also these memories that were good memories, but they were of long lost memories that were already passed. And so then I started thinking about myself as I was writing this week of, you know, what's my path look like and who is Jesus to me on my path? And I thought about going back to when I was a child. And again, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions. There are definitely great times and there are also those times that I wish I could, would never relive if given the chance. And so... On our path home, or our path, who is Jesus? And so I, I ask this question because we're on Palm Sunday. Those of us that know the story is Jesus is getting ready to arrive. Now for Jesus, his path home is one of great pain and suffering, but of great reward. Because he's going to be with his Father. Our Father. And I, and I think that's important for us to stop and think about that Jesus' path home has to go through some pain and suffering. 
has to go through some pain and suffering because of us. Has to go through pain and suffering because of us. If you would go and turn with your Bibles to me, with me to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, and we're going to start in verse 1. The triumphal entry. Matthew chapter 21, start in verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. And tie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put, them, put their cloaks and then sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him that followed him were shouting, Hosanna! To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up by saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now here's where I think this is important. And, and I don't know about you, one of my favorite questions to always ask my wife is, What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And so I just picture, here's Jesus writing in. Jerusalem the crowds gathered around and they're they're taking their cloaks off and they're cutting you know branches off trees and they're laying it down and I often wonder what's Jesus thinking because here's this crowd that's welcoming him as as royalty but I have to think in Jesus's mind as he looks across this crowd and he goes he knows their hearts because here's the thing is, when they were coming in, some of them were greeting him with genuine hearts because they, they thought he was the Messiah. Others, though, were just hoping he was going to bring a revolt to Rome. And so when I asked, who is Jesus on your path, to those people, there were two different people. There were the people that believed that he was the Messiah. He was the one true God. And then there were those that said, hey, Jesus, we hope you come in and we hope you just wreck Rome. We hope we get to revolt because then we're going to be in power and the Romans, they're not going to be in power anymore. It's going to be us in power. And then as they learned more and more as Jesus got there that, hold on, Jesus wasn't going to bring this huge revolt that they thought of. And their hearts started to grow cold. So who is Jesus on your path? Are you, this, are you this person that believes that Jesus is the Messiah? He is the living God? Or are you maybe thinking that Jesus is this, this cosmic vending machine that, that we can pray to and, and we receive stuff from Him? And here's the interesting thing is we would never, really, never, really over, ugh, never openly admit that we just thank God as this cosmic vending machine, but sometimes our actions say that He is. 
Because how many times have we prayed a prayer that we're like, you know what, this is it. This is, I'm, I'm pouring everything I have into this prayer. And then what happens is, is our prayers don't get answered. And all of a sudden our hearts start going cold. And remember, we used to be on fire. We used to be like, you know, He is the God. You know, Jesus is my King. I want to follow Him. And now all of a sudden that He doesn't, you know, act and He doesn't deliver what we want Him to deliver. All of a sudden our hearts now go, well, you I just don't know. Like, I was all for you, Jesus. I was all for you in this season. But now, but now, I'm just not quite sure. And then we lean in and we go, but you know what, Jesus? If you would just do this. If, if, you, would, if, you, would, if you would heal my friend from cancer, I would, I would go back here, Jesus. I mean, do you, do you see this? She's like, if you just, if you just did this, then, then Jesus, I would be back over here. And I would be, I'd be your number one fan. I would be your supporter. I would tell everybody about Jesus. Here's the, here's the crazy thing that happens. is sometimes our friend gets delivered or we get this situation answered and we come back over here for a time and then we go, oh, Jesus, but like, that's, but now I need this. Now I need this. And that's what they were doing. They were saying, like, Jesus, like, Hosanna to the highest. Like, he is the king. And then when they didn't, he didn't bring revolt to Rome. He didn't break them down to their knees. They weren't in power. They said, well, I, I'm not in this crowd anymore. I'm, I'm over here, Jesus. Like, if you were to bring revolt against Rome, I'd go back over here to yelling how great you were. But since you're not, I'm, I'm over here. And so when I ask, who is Jesus on your path? It's a heart issue. And we think of Easter and we think of Palm Sunday and this great, this great season. But if we step back and we think about this week of what happens with Jesus through this week, like this isn't, it, it's a great week because of the end result. But to think that somebody had to be put through that because of us is a humbling, humbling thought. It's a humbling, humbling thought. So if you would, uh, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 20. Just shout an amen when you get there. Okay, like there's five people. Okay, six. Okay, we got hands waving, okay. Riley, I'm waiting on you. It's all on you now. Everybody else is there except you. She's like, why does he keep talking to me? Okay, so John 12, 20. Before we get there real quick, I just want to backtrack one last thing. And so here's my question. Is th- who is Jesus on your path? And I find this interesting. I did this on purpose as I say your path because how many of us has asked Jesus to take us off of our path and put us on his path? Our path, his path. John 12, Starts in verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some were Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life 
loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must now follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will honor him. And it's, here's the thing, is we, we, we get caught up in this, this concept, and it's a hard concept to grasp. It's not necessarily a hard concept to grasp, but it's a hard concept to live. If we want to live life to the fullest, we can't be on our path. Rob's getting it. Come on, Sandy. If we want to live life to the fullest, we can't be on our path. We have to be on God's path. We don't want to be on God's path, though. We don't want to be on His path. As much as we say we do, we don't. Because our path, our path is the path we want to be on because we can surround ourselves with the things that make us comfortable and we can justify everything on our path. But God said, whoa, 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 whoa. Come and follow me on my path. On my path, you're going to find life and you're going to be able to live it to the fullest. And we're saying, but, but Jesus, like, I, I like my path. Like, I can, sometimes I can, like, jump over to your path, and then, like, things are going good, and then I'm going to be like, let me bounce back over here to my path. And he say, well, come follow me. Where I am, my servant will be also. My servant will be also. And so what happens is, is we, we, we never ask Jesus, hey, intervene in my path and take away my path. Just take my path away. I just want to be on your path. And so... A great example is this, is uh, I've been gifted with the opportunity to teach at the youth ministry here uh, twice, and I always do this thing, I've done this in youth ministry ever since I started, and it's called the prayer chair. One day we're going to do the prayer chair. So let me just explain it to you guys, that way you guys get it now, and then I'm going to... So what happens at the prayer chair, at the end of the time, I pull out one chair and I set it down. And I always tell the kids, hey, if you have any prayer request, it can be for you, it can be for somebody else just between you and God, and you feel like God's asking you to pray for this, I want you to come sit in this chair. And somebody will come sit in the chair. I've never had no one sit in the chair. Just FYI. So come sit in the chair. And I said, then when one person sits in that chair, we'll bring out a second chair. And a third chair. And a fourth chair. And the chairs just keep getting brought out until no one goes to the chair. Here's the interesting thing. This last Wednesday, I got to, to speak at the youth ministry and so what happens is, is they, they all sit in the chair, and then I come by one by one, and I set my hand on their shoulder, and literally the whole time my prayer goes like this to God. God, I have no idea why this kid's sitting in this chair, but you do. And I need you to tell me the words to speak to their heart, because I have no idea, but you do. And so literally I just kind of try to open myself up and like just say whatever words come to my mind because I just believe that, hey, that's what God's saying, here we are. It's interesting this with teenagers. They have an awesome path. But here's what happens on a teenager's path, and I think it happens to our paths too. We're on God's path, and then sometimes we go back to our path. We can't hear God whisper our name because we have our lives filled with so much other stuff. And so when God's sitting there going, hey, 
I love you, but you really need to come over here. The problem is that we have our life filled with so much other stuff that we can never hear him if he whispers our name. And then there's others of us that are on our path and we're way off a path. He could be yelling our name and we can't hear. But I always, I always pray this prayer with, with teens especially going, you can accomplish things that would blow your mind on God's path. Our path, I can, I, can, I can almost tell you exactly. Like, okay, you're going to go to school. You know, a lot of you are going to go to college. You're going to get a job. You're probably going to hate your job, most of you. And then you'll have a family, and you'll struggle through these family struggles, and you'll struggle through financially. And, you know, if you're one of the lucky ones, you know, hey, you're going to make it all the way to the end, and here we are. But on God's path, I, you're going you're gonna to do amazing things that you can't even imagine. As a church... We need to think that way. We need to think like on God's path. If we're on God's path, imagine what we can accomplish for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. So back to John. Sorry, guys. So here we are. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Talking about Jesus. Jesus had to die. Why did Jesus have to die? So we can live, yeah, so he died for us. He died for us. And we have, we have to get this because here's what happens is we get to our path and this is what we say. We understand, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins, but it's not enough. It's not enough, Jesus. Is that how we're living? Is, are we telling Jesus that is not enough? Because if that's the case, if that's the case, Luke 23, 18, that they all cried out together, away with this man and released to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for starting a mob action in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed to them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify Him! He said to them, Why? What evil has He done? I have found in Him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release Him. But they were urgent, demanding the loud cries that He should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. If we don't get off of our path on to God's path, we are saying, Jesus, the death on the cross wasn't enough. And we, we become the crowd yelling for His death. Because why? Because He's not doing enough for us. We get this twisted mentality of life. We get this twisted mentality of it's our life and it's our decisions and that God is just a side car along for the ride. And in fact, it should be God's life and God's decision and we're just trying to hang on. Because when we get to this point, listen, I hope everybody's with me, track with me here. When we get to this point, this is when marriages end. This is when the relationships with your kids get shattered. 
Because what happens is we think the almighty dollar will take care of everything that we could ever want, that we could ever desire. That it can put back together marriages. It can put back together relationships with our kids. All because we sacrifice them because we want to get useless stuff. But here's, here's the lie. Here's the lie. We say, we're doing it for them. That's what we say. We're doing it so we can give my wife, we can give my husband, we can give my kids. We can, we, I'm doing it for them. But are you doing it for Jesus? Because if you're sacrificing your family, I can tell you immediately, it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with, but Jarrett, this is my path. I don't care if you make $10,000 a year, you can abuse it. You can make $10 million a year, you can abuse it. It's not about the amount of money, it's about the heart and whose path are you on. Here's what I want from us. I want us to realize whose path are we on and who Jesus is to us on our path. And when we, we get that figured out, when we get that figured out, and we're like, okay, I understand that Jesus is the one true God. And I want to be on His path. Here's the great thing. is He is the God of restoration. He's the God of repairing the brokenness. I don't know if we're getting this. Okay, let me ask you. We're going to take, we're going to take a poll. Everybody who sinned, raise your hand. Cool. I'm in, I'm in great company then. I'm in great company. Awesome. So let's, let's, let's understand this. Everybody who sinned, which is all of you and me, God restores us. Thank you. Somebody, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're, I don't know how we're going to get it, but we're going to get it because the Holy Spirit's going to come in and just... Wow, and we're all going to be like, oh, amen. But we we got to understand that we have to we have to just grasp a hold of that because otherwise, what we're saying, we're looking at the cross and we're saying it's not enough. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I could never stand at the foot of a cross and look up and say that's not enough because he did way more than I'm worth. He did way more than I deserve. Because I deserved the death that He took. Because of my sin. So who is Jesus on your path? That is the question. And as a, as, as a church, we, have to, we need to champion that. We need to, to champion that we are people that want to be restored and we want to restore others to Jesus, right? Because our doors are open to everyone. We want to love on people and we want to journey with them to meet Jesus. It's so pivotal that those don't become words but our heart. They don't become words but our heart. And we think on Palm Sunday and we go through, you know, Jesus, you know, after he arrives and, you know, clears the temple and and we go through all the steps of Jesus leading up to his death. So this week, I want us to really focus on, pull out your Bibles and read in the Gospels. Watch the journey of Jesus to the cross. 
Because oftentimes we can go through and we can be like, oh, look, let's look at this, look at, let's look at this, this little part of Scripture and let's read, really read the steps of Jesus to the cross. And thank each day He did it for me. Because that's why He done it. He done it for me and for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we... Uh, we just pause today. We pause today just to say thank you. That God, that, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That God, you give us an option. That we can take your path. We can take your path, God. Because on Your path, God, we can live life to the fullest. And that doesn't mean that there's no more heartbreak. That doesn't mean there's no more pain. That doesn't mean there's no more sickness. But it means that we are in complete compliance with You. That, that living a life with You is not enslavement. It is freedom. Because that's what You seek for us to have is freedom from all of the bondage, all of the sin, all of the, the junk that we carry around with us. You seek to give us freedom for all of that. And on Your path, God, there are things that we can accomplish that we as people could never imagine. And the reason we can accomplish that isn't because of anything that we can do, God. It's because of Your power and who You are through us. So God, I just want to lift Your name on high. I want to say glory to You. That You are a loving, a restoring God. God, we love You. In Your name we pray. Amen.